This podcast is about getting spooked for fun, and the hosts aren't associated with the attractions discussed in any way, except for all those skeletons in my closet. Some of the topics we discuss may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. everyone and welcome to the great american scream my name is devin wright my name is adam o'connell and we are here to introduce a very special brand new podcast within a podcast yes it's called the scariest interviews in the world they're not actually scary but that's our fun title yeah um we are going to take this opportunity of internet connection all around the United States and talk to people we wouldn't normally get the chance to talk to. So we're going to be talking to a lot of haunters in the industry. We'll be talking to people who study horror film. We're going to talk to scare actors and uh, as many cool and frightening people as we can uh, convince to talk to us. Two idiots. Yes, we're going to get Tara Kruntis up in here. We're going to get the mummy. We're going to get Brendan Fraser. It's going to be great. We're but get today on this Frazier first episode, yes, together. <laughs> um, on this episode, we have a, a few lovely people from Fright Nights West Virginia. Yeah, it's one of uh, Travel Channel just rated it one of the top 10 haunts in the country. Uh, it's an amazing haunt in West Virginia. Um, if you are local to that area or interested in checking out a new haunt, check them out at FrightNightsWV.com for their upcoming season. Yes, and just to let you know, this interview was recorded over Zoom, so uh, the audio of our guests is not the best, but it, you can still understand them and everything, and I'll do my best in audition to uh, make sure you can understand them the best we can. Yeah. Uh, without further ado, uh, let's hop right in. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Great American Scream. My name is Adam O'Connell. And my name is Devin Wright. And uh, welcome to our very first special episode of yet-to-be-named interview series where we talk to really cool people who work in the haunt industry. Um, We wanted to take this opportunity to sort of get connected with people who work in haunts professionally, talk to the haunters all across America and learn about their work and as much as we can about the industry. So we have some really, really exciting guests today. Um, Our exciting guests, would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, My name is Ashley Long and I'm the creative director at the Resort at Glade Springs and I have been haunting professionally for 11 years now. My name is John Christian. I too work at Glade Springs, the special projects coordinator. And a haunt is the horror, I think, started uh, at birth for me. <laughs> I'm Desiree Christian. Um, I've, worked, I've been working with Lake Springs for 11 years as well. And I am head makeup artist and scare coach. I'm oh, a wow. scare coach. I a love that coach. title. All right. Well, definitely, we're going to talk about scare coaching. But um, so. It's really exciting to have you guys on to kind of be able to talk to professional working haunters in the industry. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your haunt? Okay. Um, so um, our haunt is called Fright Nights West Virginia or Fright Nights WV. 
Um, we we just finished our tenth season in October, and um, it's it's grown every year. Um, actually, last year was our tenth year of fear. Oh my gosh! So we had been a haunted trail for nine years, so an outdoor haunt, um, and we um, on the property that we work at, um, our our equestrian center had closed down. And so my boss said, hey, you know, do you want this ginormous barn and a farm with it uh, for Fright Night? And we're like, uh, no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we relocated last spring and summer. Uh, we took about, what, four or five months to mm-hmm. build up our new haunt using what we had um, from our existing haunt, you know, tearing that down piece by piece, moving it over and then kind of um, bringing all new elements to it and um so for this last season, we actually had five haunted events in one. So we had one big haunted attraction, uh, but five themes throughout. So when you went inside, you, you got to walk through all five. Um, and that was really exciting to do for the first time. And um, we, we had a great response. Another cool thing is we, we did our first Christmas haunted house um, in December. Um, it just so happens that Friday the 13th, there was one in December. So it was the perfect night to... Um, kind of debut a Christmas haunt, and um, that got us some great exposure. I think we got top 10 in the country on the Travel Channel, um, so it, it was really cool. Oh, my God. Congratulations. That is so exciting. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think the answer to the the question, do you want this huge barn to put scary stuff in, you should always say yes to that. Of course, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a, you know, there was a few headaches. At first, but you know, once we could work through everything, um, it, it it was it was the right move for us. Oh yeah. So how did uh, Fright Nights get started, and how did you all get started in the haunt industry? Wow. So um, Josie, um, my sister, uh, she uh, she and I had we've always went to haunted houses when we were little growing up. Um, it's something we loved, and um, for Desiree's senior project in high school uh she wanted to build a haunted trail so i think that's kind of where our passion started and it grew from there we both worked at um the resort um at glade springs here in west virginia and um we kind of convinced them to let us build a haunted trail and see what happens and um that's kind of how it started right desi yeah (laughs) Wow. I, <laughs> calm down, Desi. Calm down, Desi. You're too excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, well, John or Desi, if you want to give your kind of personal sure. haunt journey as well. Yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll give you the long uh, version and then we can uh, do what you want with it. But, you know, for <laughs> me, it's, uh, it's it, it definitely starts as, as far back as I can remember. Um, uh, I think probably like with, with most haunters or anyone that's in that kind of stuff, it starts with horror movies. You, you, you see these characters, like I was always rooting for the villain and, um, it's, it, and those, these horror movies, it's, they're kind of a, a conduit to all other things scary. And like, I guess a, a kid who loves video games or someone wants to be in sports or play an instrument, you just find that, that fascination with it. You can't explain it, but it just grabs you and it just it stays with you. And for me, that's how it's always been. And, uh, you know, it, you look for these outlets to, to scare, look for these opportunities to scare. And, uh, you know, Halloween is always the biggest one, but if you're fortunate enough, you can kind of, you know, it, it, naturally you might find this uh, uh, pathway to a haunt 
And uh, um, for myself, um, someone, the hunt had been around for uh, a few years. Uh, someone had recommended me to go up there. They needed some actors. And I did that after work. And uh, I volunteered my time building this, painting that, started to give my own ideas, uh, trying to give my own little directions here, get more brave with this, that, and the other. And Ashley would just turn me loose. And I had all the tools I need in, in the, the back of my Jeep, and we had all the materials. I'd sketch out a scene or a set, and a couple of days later, there it was built. And uh, you fast forward I think a year later, I had been laid off from my job, but I was fortunate enough to get hired on at Clay Springs and, and turn into a, a full-time job for me. And the hunt, it, it's every bit of... It's in our head every day of the year, but it's a solid six months from the time we first really sit down and start brainstorming and designing until, you know, opening night of us working on it. And then also, you know, this is all family affair too. Desiree uh, is my wife. And then we met during this when I was, when I was volunteering, uh, coming up to work, do this, that, and the other. I know she was uh, giving me the googly eyes. And um, <laughs> so I, I decided to marry her. I guess she's worth it. <laughs> so, so it's all it's all three of us now. I mean, I actually work uh, pretty much on a daily basis uh, trying to crack out these ideas. And uh, I think I'm I think I'm about to have that with that one. Move, move on to Desiree. Yeah, yeah, Desiree. Do you want to give your side of the story on this googly eyes thing? Oh well, um, my favorite story just is when John first started volunteering for us. We had a Dropbox that we would use frequently in the haunt and it broke and my sister and I had no clue on how to fix it uh, You know just the kind where you you hit the latch and the the door falls down But we couldn't figure out how to fix the latch and he took a shoestring and a bottle cap and kind of rigged it so that it worked <laughs> And we were very impressed by that. Uh, and that was maybe five years it's, ago. And it's still working with the bottle cap and shoe string. It's the simplest thing. Yeah, you have to, yeah, uh, That's when I started noticing. It was nothing. <laughs> That's good haunt strategy if I've ever seen it. Just yeah. fix it with what, what you got laying around. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Everything in the haunt, it's always last minute. Things can break and, uh, at any given moment. You know, during the night of, uh, the moment before. And you just got to, you know, duct tape, zip ties, a handful of uh, screws. If you've got all that in your pocket for the night, you pretty much fix anything that breaks, at least for that night. And most of the time, once it gets fixed that way, it stays that way. And, it, you know, if you're lucky enough, it'll last uh, the season. So you mentioned working kind of like six months out of the year, at least, to work on these haunts. So walk us through the process of how you prepare your haunt for the season, sort of like when you start thinking of concepts, when designs come out, when you hire on actors, like what is the kind of process for that? Well, usually, um, of course, this spring's a little unusual uh, with the coronavirus, but Normally, um, in the month of March, we attend Transworld. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Transworld, but... Oh, I love Transworld. Yeah? Okay, great. Yeah, yeah I've always been dream of dream of going to Transworld. We're trying to get there, hopefully, whenever it's back up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it was canceled this year. We were devastated. Um, yeah, this would have been my 10th year going to Transworld. And... Um, we, we bring a small crew with us, but Transworld is it's the, um, the largest haunted attraction um, trade show where you, all the, the top haunted house owners in the country um, that you see on History Channel, Travel Channel, 
they're all there and and they're all you know readily available to talk to you and um uh, about whatever you know your questions are and it's a great networking experience and so i would say our season starts with trans world so we go there and um we take classes and um look around at the props these are the most um they're hollywood type props i mean it's people from Halloween Horror Nights and um, all these um, huge hots, they'll, they'll come there and um, commission these artists to, to make their custom props or, or find something at Transworld they like, put it in their hot. In fact, when we travel, like we went to Halloween Horror Nights last year, we try to go to any haunted house we can in the month of September and November um, where we're not swamped up with hours to, to, and we notice, you know, a lot of things we see, we're like, oh yeah, we saw that at Transworld, how cool is that? So we go there, and then there we always, I get inspired um, by, you know, some random prop or a mask or just a scene that I might see there. And then we usually spend um, the eight-hour drive from St. Louis to where we live in West Virginia um, planning out the next season of The Haunt based on what we purchased there or, you know, some, some new ideas or something that inspired us to create something brand new um i know one year we drove to st louis and completely planned out a section of our haunt and a whole theme um and then when we left trans world we completely were like nope not doing that where we completely redid it based on a conversation we had um in a class setting um it just totally changed everything so i'd say everything starts at trans world and then we come back and um plan out the season um john starts building custom props and then um i would say mid-summer we start interviewing for new actors we, we have a great group of um, actors um core actors that come back year after year but we're always needing more um any haunted attraction will tell you um <laughs> you always need more actors than are there and um and yeah that's just that's how it starts in the year and then it just goes and goes until we're working um 16, 18 hour days every day <laughs> for God. 20 days straight up until we open. So, and through that, and through that time too, ideas are always changing. You know, we, nothing's ever set in, set in cement. Um, you know, just the simplest of things you draw the inspiration from, you know, just driving back and forth to work or having a conversation with somebody or, um, you know, reading a news article and you're like, well, that's kind of a creepy thing. It's a neat concept. I think we can, we can make that scary. Let's incorporate in a haunt or a person you've met and you just want to, you know, you build an entire haunt around that person or a character. Um, like I said, things are always changing, evolving up until that, up until that point. And everything is always up to the absolute last minute. It's opening night. You know, there's a few hundred people out in line and, and, you know, I'm inside trying to, you know, uh, program a box or, or, or set up an actuator real quick, or we're trying to screw a wall up. And, uh, and even, even through the season, there's always changes and additions that, uh, uh, to scenes and sets. Cause you know, it's just, as, as the thoughts and inspiration comes to you, if you got the opportunity to do it, just, just jump in there and do it. Uh, on that same note, I think, uh, the reason Adam and I love talking about haunted houses so much is because one, we, we actually worked alongside a lot of haunt actors, during our time at the Renaissance Fair, but uh, uh, haunted houses kind of feel like the most pure theatrical uh, form ever. It's all uh, happening at once. There's such a close relationship between all the the actors and the creators and the producers. Desiree, talking about 
improving, you know, last minute things, do you find that same kind of frantic energy uh, kind of comes in with the with the whole makeup world of, of haunted houses? <laughs> um, so for the last nine years, I've done all the makeup basically myself. And then this past year, I had an apprentice. Her name's Chesley. She's a good little makeup artist. So um, when it comes to doing makeup, like it's just chaotic. <laughs> uh, the more masks, the better, because I usually do about 30 to 40 faces a night. Um, so I start makeup at two o'clock in the afternoon. I start with my own. If I don't do my face first, it does not get done <laughs> in time. Uh, and then I have kids will come after school. Um, you know, we have areas like we have an actor house where they can watch TV, play video games, hang out, or even have a quiet space for homework. So they come after school, they get their makeup done. Um, and then we have people who drive in after work, you know, after five and they get their makeup done and, and it, it's really hectic. It's a lot of fun though. I, I really like when it gets chaotic. Um, but people know not to take me too seriously because I do turn into, um, kind of a mean a lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll keep some, we'll keep it PG. Um, but yeah, I turn into a not so nice person just because I'm trying to get everything done as quickly as possible with good quality. Um, but they know that I mean well and it's, they come up and they ask, like, is it my turn? No, go sit down. It's not your turn yet. Uh, but the makeup's definitely fun. And, and the chaotic stuff is good. It's, it's yeah. good for me and everybody. Yeah. And as the scare coach, you mentioned sort of always needing actors and hiring on performers. As a scare coach, what do you look for in characters and haunted house performers? And how, like, how do you coach? What makes the perfect haunt character or scare actor? Uh, so when we do auditions, um, we we look for all types of people. It's not just the outgoing and the people who are willing to crawl on the ground in front of you, drool, have drool hanging out of their face while dressed in normal clothes at an audition. We look for all kinds because there's different, definitely different types of actors needed. We need quiet actors who can freak you out from far away without even uttering a word. We need actors who are willing to crawl on the ground and do something really gross and crazy. And then we need actors who are quick on their feet, people who can improv, who can look at a group and know what kind of people they are and how well they can joke with them back and forth just to kind of ease tension in the haunt. Um, so we look for all types of different people. And sometimes people will come in for an audition thinking they're going to be perfect for one role. But then I say, no, let's try you over here. And it's just, it works out really well. Um, we do a lot of training camps um, at our haunt where I'll bring in different sections um, of people at a time and we'll do different exercises especially if it's their first year, they kind of get nervous, um, you know, acting crazy in front of people they don't know. And it's definitely a lot easier when you're in makeup and costume and masks, you know, to scare people. But when you're in street clothes around these other people, they're like, uh, I don't think I can do this. But <laughs> we do a lot of uh, training where we'll do crazy, silly games. Um, we'll practice actually inside the haunt. We'll put them up at different stations. And my favorite thing is, We'll take about half of them, put them in the haunt, and we'll take the other half and have them walk through. And so they actually get to practice on each other, um, kind of developing different skills, um, perfect timing for jumping out. Um, so as for, like, the perfect actor, um, I wouldn't say there is a perfect actor because it's something you always work on and you always try to improve, um, myself included. There's always things I can do better. Um, but learning from each other, working together, uh, it really makes a difference. So um, 
I like being scare coach because my favorite thing is um, their like final day of training. They have to scare me. So, <laughs> and what they don't realize <laughs> is that I'm actually a big scaredy cat, but I'm pretty good <laughs> at faking it. <laughs> so whenever I tell them, okay, well, I'm going to put you in the haunt. Now you have to scare me. They're like, oh no, there's no way. How are we going to do this? But it, it works out. It, it really boosts their confidence. And they have a good time. Yeah, I think there's a stereotype with a lot of people that think that, oh, people who work at haunted houses or do haunted houses aren't afraid of anything. Like, you can't scare them. When in reality, they're just, like it's just like any other patron going through a through a haunted house. Uh, John scares me every yeah, day. It, he actually scares <laughs> me before this interview. It's, I mean, it, it is, it's comical. I don't want to say pathetic, but it it is it's comical how how easy it is to scare her. Just a simple <laughs> and then she jumps. And so we're right now we are um, we're in a, a, a uh, the Greenbrier Hotel in West Virginia. It, it's completely empty here. You know, you compare it to the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Uh, the, all the hallways are dimly lit, and there's just there's nobody. There's no bodies in this place. Yeah, the and we're on. We're we're just we're actually sitting here by some windows, so and you can see us today. But and <laughs> so you know, I take the opportunity. You know, she she was crossing through uh, an empty uh, movie theater, so I hid behind one of the columns and just just to jump out in a grass. And it's, it's, <laughs> I, maybe a couple times a day. Um, it hurts hurt right here inside. It, it, there is a genuine look of fear every time I do it. Too. I feel guilty afterwards, but like I said earlier, I think. There's that, that fascination with scaring you can't break away from. Yeah, I, I feel bad for doing it, but it's not going to stop me. Yeah, and I I feel like because that's I feel like it wouldn't be fun to go through a haunted attraction if you weren't having those like reactions. Like it's not fun to walk through and be stone faced the whole time. You get that kind of energy and that emotion from the scares because you scream and then you laugh or whatever happens next. Um, I feel like it's a lot more fun that way. So. On that, what's sort of your favorite ways to make things scary or maybe things about your particular designs that maybe a patron wouldn't particularly notice or point out, but just adds that kind of extra scare factor? What are kind of your ways of doing that? Your secret scare Uh, sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for us, it's... Um, it's a, it's like a multi-layered approach, um, as far as just how to make something scary. Um, because you know, the word scary, it's relative. What's scary to you may not be scary to somebody else. And, um, and it puts the pressure on us. I think the two hardest things to do with somebody is trying to scare them and try to make them laugh. And that's when they're the most critical of you too. You give them, you you tell them a story, tell them a joke, supposed to be funny and, and you end up looking like a goof. Then, uh, you know, that, that nobody wants that thing was scary. You jump out and say, boo. And then they look right through you. Uh, you know, it does something to your, uh, to your pride. And, um, <laughs> but we, we try to, uh, you know, it all starts with, uh, I think atmosphere is most important. Uh, the, the more subtle things that, that you're not necessarily seeing, you know, the, the sound and the lights and the music that that's what that's kind of the setup. And then, and then as far as the detail in the room, you know, what props are in there, what character is in there. You know, are the are the walls distressed? Are you in a you know a, a child's nursery or a, a graveyard scene? Um, I, you have to. Uh, for me, I want to go overboard on the detail because you may not be paying attention to to you know the moss on the tombstone or the the dirt here or you know the the, the creepy dolls on the shelf. You may not be paying, one person may not pay attention to everything, 
but I think subconsciously it, it sets that tone for in that room. And now it, 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 you drop your guard, you, you maybe get a little uneasy, you feel like you're in that scene, and then it makes the scare that much easier when the, whenever the prop does jump out or the air shoots at you or the, the actor uh, um, comes out on you. Yeah, it's um atmosphere. I think is a big deal to us. We, you know, we take it's not you know whatever the theme may be. You know, each room is highly detailed, and um, from the lighting, um, is the light or the lights gonna be flickering in here? What kind of colors are we using here? Um, to the sounds, to um, the ambiance sound in the room. Um, does an actor have a button that they press to kind of help? Um, make a, a roar or, you know, extra scare sound with them. Um, and then smells. I mean, we add scents into mm. the haunt uh, where you can walk into a scene and you can literally smell it, <laughs> What you know. And um, it's immersing everyone into um, what we want you to, like, we want you to forget that you paid to walk through a haunt and you kind of forget for a second, like, oh my gosh, wait, is this real? Like, and, and some people have legitimate freakouts, but we always like our hunt style too is um, like you had mentioned before, like we want you to scream and then we want you to laugh in the next scene. Like we're, it's not all about terrorizing you from the moment you walk in to walk out. Like we want to entertain you. I think it's yeah. our biggest thing. We want you to be like, Oh my gosh, did you see that? That was so cool. Didn't necessarily scare them, but they're like, wow, how did they do that? That effect is awesome. Or something happens, uh, an actor jumps out, and it is just hilarious. Like you have to laugh um, at what they say. And then sometimes there's there's truly terrifying <laughs> scenes where you're you're you want to get out of there. So we kind of try to have a nice balance. balance with all that. Um, can I speak on the question too? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. From from like the actor's point of view, when I'm training our actors, you know, I teach them, you, you can't scare everybody, but everybody has something that will freak them out. Um, you know, we talk about when um, men come to the hunt, they may not be too scared of, you know, a butcher or a, a serial killer because they're like, well, I'm a big man, that's not gonna scare me. But a girl walking backwards, like upside down, vomit coming out of her mouth might freak them out a bit you know enough to make them uh um so we definitely try to do different types of scares you know pop-out scares are great um i like distraction scares so john will set up um and some kind of animatronic scare that'll make you look one way when we have an actor jump out the other side so you think like oh the prop's supposed to scare me no it's supposed to distract you while an actor will jump out and get you from the other side or another animatronic pops out and get you from the other side. But um, yeah, people are afraid of a bunch of different things. So we definitely try to incorporate different types of scares, loud sounds, quick movements, uh, vibrations, feeling something, smelling something. Uh, maybe eventually we'll go into tasting something, who knows? Um, <laughs> but definitely using different senses, lack of sound, uh, can be a scary thing, lack of being able to see, having a totally dark room. All of these different um, elements are put into different parts of the haunt, which makes it scary. And Ashley's right. There are definitely times where we want to de-escalate the scares um, to make it fun where you're laughing because if you're tense the whole time going through, eventually stuff's going to stop scaring you. But if you take a minute and we have a really silly character, one of our characters, Mr. Beard, um, he 
talks really funny and he's kind of a weird guy, but he tells jokes. So you're kind of laughing before you go into his freak show. And then the freaks start like bombarding you with being scared. And um, it, it helps kind of raise the scare level back up. If you have a chance. Drops their guard. Yeah. If you drop your guard down more, cause you've been laughing, having a good time. And then I also teach the actors that just because they're not, you know, screaming, if they're laughing and they're having a good time, that means you're still doing your job. Even if it's not a scream, because, you know, I, I do get scared going through haunts, but most of the time I'm like, that's so cool. Look at that. Wow. Oh my gosh. And I'm laughing at other people getting scared. So I tell them that that's a good thing too. If they're laughing, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And, um, in that, because you talked a lot about kind of what you love about haunts and sort of the experiences you're trying to create. So from all of you, what are what is your favorite experience you've ever had in a haunt? It could be your own haunt or another haunt that you visited. Sort of what are those moments that kind of stand out to you that inspire you or are just very fond memories? There's so many. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. Like, there's probably a lot to go back on. I Okay, wait, I'll, I'll say one. Okay, so... Two years ago, what our theme was family reunion, and we used to do Appalachian Anarchy. So we, it was a rural, West Virginia-style theme, hillbillies in the woods trying to kill you with axes and stuff, deliverance, if you will. Um, and I played a character called Aunt Gertie, and she was just a Southern kind of grandma-style character. And that was just a blast doing her the whole time because I was a Q-line actor, so I got to talk with people in the line, and I would improv. Um, and I know it drove Ashley crazy because I'm a method actor. So I didn't drop the character the whole night. So sometimes people were too scared to go through the hunt. This was back when it was on the trail. So I would drive a golf cart and pick people up and bring them back to the front if they were too scared to go through. But she would radio. She'd say, um, you know, Desi, we got people who are too scared uh, to go through the trail, can you come get them? I say, okay, baby, hey, Gertie's coming. Here I come, you saving the day, Gertie. And, and I couldn't help it. I'm around people, so I couldn't break, and I go pick up the people and take them back, and they're scared. But I'm like, baby, ain't Gertie got you, honey. You come with me now. We'll take you to safety. And it was just a lot of fun. I, I remember yeah, that's. That's wildly comforting. Like, if I was ever too scared to go through a haunt, that is exactly who I would want to come get me. <laughs> Wait, what about the shoe, John? What shoe? The first year when you did uh, Michael Myers and the Lady Walker shoe. Um, I'm vague on that one. That one was... I'm just trying, uh, I, can't, I, I don't know if I can think of any one particular moment or... I just, I don't know. Just everything as a I whole. Remember, I, I remember I remember it because some the person told me about it after because it was a friend of ours. We had a, um, like a Halloween scene and John was playing Michael Myers and the, the group was going through and they got... We had a bunch of like curtains hanging up like clotheslines and he was hiding behind one but they didn't know which one. So when he popped out and scared him, this lady freaked out and lost her shoe and she's screaming, oh, yeah. I lost my shoe. And they said, leave it, woman. We got to go. <laughs> no, actually, now that you said that, I remember I have a collection of shoes now. I think I'm up to three. Uh, people lose them, and they will not come back for them. Yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> I mean, a shoe is kind of important. Uh, yeah. I would imagine that you'd want to come back for that. But, um, I mean, it, I don't know. I hang on to them because they ever want them. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's three. Uh, like I'm sitting uh, on, a, on a bench somewhere in the shop. And eventually, I'd like to bronze them or something, frame them. At, but I don't know if I'll ever get around to doing that. 
The idea of someone <laughs> leaving a shoe. Say, say, yeah, the Not, idea of yeah. someone losing a very important article of clothing in a haunt and then going like, "Do you want it back?" No, leave it. It becomes a pride thing. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you're in the middle of the woods, though. Like this is on a trail. This is where on the trails. We also, I mean, at at the end of the night, too, the things that people leave, uh, you know, short of of, of your own child, uh, we have found everything. I mean, phones is the number one thing. Uh, How, uh, but um, uh, glasses. Uh, I always find people's glasses, uh, shirts. So I'm assuming people are losing their clothing somehow, like shoes or or something else. Um, it's it's a man, and they won't come back for you either. Phones, people are usually pretty uh, good about coming back getting their phones, but uh, yeah. it, it's amazing yeah. some of the stuff people will take out there in the first place and then leave. Yeah, Ashley, do you have a, a moment, uh, a, a haunt, something to share to wrap us up? Well, and well, you know, the, the 10 years that we've been open, we've had um, a lot of great scenes, a lot of creative scenes, and we, we change it up every year, try to change out different parts but there's one that we did and this this is probably i don't know maybe seven years ago we built a um we had an old volleyball pole and so we we built like a little strip club scene um and we have one of our good friends chris um his name's chris and uh we dressed him up um as a woman he had really sexy legs um and, and uh, he would wear these, like, fishnet stockings on them, and he had a wig on. And so he would dance very provocatively on this pole, right? But you would just see the back of him. So it was getting the attention of, of guys going through, like, you know, with them, like, oh, hey, you know, I like this part. We, I think we were playing uh, the song, She's My Cherry Pie, okay? I'm going to set the scene. There's, there's disco lights everywhere. And then Chris would just turn around and say, hey, big boy, blow a kiss. And people would just lose it. I mean, it was hilarious. <laughs> like, they're like, how did this seriously? Like, oh, my gosh. Like, and, and they would really think, you know, she, he was completely dressed up and you would never know. You know, he spins around. And so, that, it, like I said, you know, that wasn't that was a different kind of scare, you know, for some people. But it's uh, it, it was a funny, a comical moment that really stood out. And we have laughed and laughed for years about that scene and he was just he did such a great job with it um he's played all kinds of characters too but it, that was a really fun scene that we designed and uh, we just did it one year just something fun to do Amazing. yeah i love that that's yeah. hilarious yeah gender <laughs> performance in a west virginia haunted house um Amazing. Thank you guys so much. Um, if you want to take this time to kind of uh, pimp your own stuff, the, your website, your social media, how people can can uh, get involved, know about you. Sure, yeah. So um, we're Fright Nights WV. Our website is www.frightnightswv.com. Um, our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter are also Fright Nights WV. Um, we... Um, we are located, uh, we're the only one of its kind, we're located inside a resort. So we have awesome, like if we're traveling from out of state, we have a lot of people that do that. It, um, we have um, these packages. You can go through, call them stay and screen packages. You can stay at the resort, have your breakfast included and everything, and your tickets to the haunt. And then you can um, get shuttled right over to the haunted house and have a good night. Um but yeah, we um, we were also the first client in West Virginia uh, to have a virtual queue. 
Um, so that's something we kind of take pride in. It worked out fantastic last year. You know, we can we can have thousands of people at night, but there was never a line to wait in. Um, it was just we kind of create a party scene uh, with midway games. We had a corn maze you could do while you're waiting, bonfire. You can eat food. You can do all kinds of stuff. You get a text when it's time for you to go in, and, it, and it's just it's fantastic. I mean, um, there's not a lot of people out there that do that. You have to go stand in a line for an hour, two hours, three hours. And not anymore, you can hang out with your friends, wait in a car. We have restaurants on property. You can go um, to the bar across the street and grab a burger um, and then get your text. And like, oh, it's time for us to go in. Come check in and go inside. And, um, yeah, we've been doing it for 10 years. This will make our 11th season of Great Night. Um, it gets bigger, scarier, and better every year. So we encourage everyone um, to come check it out. Like I said, we have rooms. Available if you're traveling out of state, um, if you are um, local around Beckley, West Virginia, and um, you want to haunt with us, you know, you can just get on our website um, and click actors there, and then there's there's forms to fill out, and we we love to see everybody. I also like to mention that, you know, we also do escape rooms, and we always try to do a horror-themed escape room that will be um, there on the property, too. So that way, when you're waiting in the line, it's a whole whole experience. You're not coming up there just to do the haunt and then leave. You know, we want you to hang out and have a good time. Like she said, there's 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 games to play, food and drink. We always have, you know, the bonfire is always fun to hang out around, and uh, the escape rooms too. Yeah, if you're local to the area, go and visit Fright Nights West Virginia. Even if you're not local, go book a room and go visit. Yeah, well, <laughs> the Great American Scream will do a road trip down to West Virginia. God, whenever, in my dreams. We can. I hope so. Yeah. Adam, what a lovely interview that was. Yes, thank you so much, Fright Nights West Virginia, for talking to us. If you are local to the area, or even if you're not, go check them out this haunt season. They are super cool. Yes, and other than that, I believe that's it for this episode of The Great American Scream. If you enjoyed this episode, you can rate and review us on whatever service you happen to use for podcasts. That can be iTunes, where a review and a star is really helpful. Or you can share us from Spotify, which we are now on, which is very exciting. Uh, Either way, the best way for us to grow as a show is to share with a friend. If you have a friend who loves getting spooked or loves talking about getting spooked, share the show with them. And if you happen to be somebody who would like to get interviewed on this a series of the scariest interviews in the whole wide world ever of all time. You can uh, DM us on Twitter or message us on Facebook. You can also email me at devin at devinwright.com and we will get connected from there. Adam, can you pimp our social media? Yes, you can check us out on Facebook at The Great American Scream or at Twitter on at Great Scream Pod. You can tweet at us or post about us using the hashtag TGAS. You can tell us what you'd like to hear about in an episode. You can let us know what you thought of episodes. You can just send us fun, spooky things that you find. Or if you want to get involved with our interview series, you can contact us that way as well. Yes, Adam. We've been looking good lately. Oh, yeah. We got a fresh coat of paint, baby. We have our amazing new logo that was designed by my very good friend, Rachel Shu. Um, it is gorgeous. I love it. If you want to check out more of her work, go to her website, rachelelaineshu.com. That's H-S-U. Yes, and we also have 
amazing new theme music. In fact, if you just started listening to us within the past few weeks, you don't even know that there was old music. This new music was wonderfully provided to us by Stevie Viola, who you can check out on YouTube and Twitter. He is absolutely amazing, so a special thank you to him. Next week, we will be starting our three-part series on internet horror. Yes, the scariest, one of the the scariest... um, Un, undiscovered pathways the entirety of the internet yes uh so next week will be episode one of that which is horror video games so if you guys have a game that you have been very spooked by be sure to share it with us with the hashtag tgas or if you are inspired by this episode and you want to share a haunt you've been to that you really loved be sure to tweet it out to us with the hashtag tgas other than that i have been devin wright i've been adam o'connell And Adam, I remembered our old intro. It's hopefully you have been spooked. Spooked? But I would like to add that if you are, if you do choose to get spooked, do it safely. Yes, please. Hopefully you've been spooked very safely. But continue to do that. Yes. (laughs) 